GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ and I am joined by my own personal Maria Conchita Alonzo Hovercraft Joe. I don't I don't know how I feel about that, but uh, hi, uh, LBJ. It's uh, good to see you as always. No problem. It's weird seeing you work out in negligees and uh, it's just, it's you know, a little off some, Sometimes you get home from working yeah. and you're like, you know what? I don't have time to switch into gym clothes. I'm just going to work out in whatever's under my normal clothes. Yep. And that's how, that's what happens. Which is it's I, funny because the third bullet I actually have written down is who works out in a negligee. <laughs> <laughs> and as you can tell, we have a special guest joining us for the first time ever on the show in a lovely Jim Brown Browns jersey. We have James. Hi, guys. How are we doing? Excellent, excellent, excellent. Excellent. Now, we have a delightful movie. <laughs> We've watched a lot of Schwarzenegger movies. I would say with the exception of maybe like two or three, we've seen all of them and, and reviewed all of them on the show. No, no, all no, the no, good no, no, ones, All the good okay. ones. You guys did that, jingle all the way. No, <laughs> I was going to say, mm-mm. like, we no. haven't covered junior or twins or like Action we've covered. Movies. Okay. We've covered the important Arnold movies. I would not say at all that we've covered all, all right. of them. I I'm would just sorry. like to get that out there. Of the movies that we would typically record, that we would typically cover on an action movies podcast. We've covered most of, in fact, almost all of the Arnold Schwarzenegger action films. Okay. Uh, that's fair. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't, did, re- I, did I add enough caveats to that sentence for you? No, cause I don't remember our end of days or our, the sixth day or our collateral damage. Oh, you know, episodes, I forgot but... about the sixth day. That's, that is what you're <laughs> but anyways, I digress. Anyway. So we're not counting the fight that he had with Sinbad at the end of Jingle All the Way. <laughs> <laughs> not, not this year. Maybe, okay. maybe once the podcast goes on for a while and we're and we're, our Christmas episodes are getting thin. Maybe you know. Side note: I watched that movie for the first time this past Christmas season. Not good. No, <laughs> I, did, I, did, not. I did not. I did not enjoy it. I've never um, seen it. But we are not here to talk about Jingle All the Way. No. We are here to talk about 1987's The Running Man, which is, I think, a movie that we've kind of behind the scenes talked about doing for a while. And we just really haven't gotten to. So it's kind of, you know, the stars aligned for us finally to get this one uh, uh, on tape, if you will. Oh, it was like when we when I when I when I started the podcast a couple years ago, I made a list like Sphinx and I made a list of movies we wanted to cover. This was one of the f- probably first five movies I added to that list. And for us to take this long to get to it is, <laughs> is it's a crime. I don't know why it took us this long. The the only one I can think of that we put off longer than this is Demolition Man. <laughs> yes. Oh God. Don't even get me started on Demolition Man. That movie, that movie is because we've come close to doing it at least three times. And 
all three times the person that was going to do it with us backed out. And I've been, <laughs> I'm so mad. I am so mad about that movie. And and then, then they'd come back on the show and they'd have every opportunity to pick Demolition Man again and then they'd switch it up and pick a different movie. Yeah. Um, but anyways, not Demolition Man. No. The Running Man. Yes. Uh, and how we usually like to start this off is kind of talking about our first memories or kind of you know, our thoughts on this movie or our history. That So James... What is your like running man like what what is your history with this movie? So up until I watched it for this podcast, I don't think I'd ever watched it all the way through. <laughs> I'd only ever watched bits and pieces of it. Um, I did read the book when I was in eighth grade. Um, okay. Wait, hold on. Let's specify. Did you read the book or did you read the novelization of the film? I read the book. <laughs> okay, good. I want to specify. All right, good. Yeah. Which, as a side note, I thought it was interesting that at the beginning of the movie, it lists it as based off the novel by Richard Bachman, yeah. which was, you know, uh, a handle that Stephen King used for a while. And apparently, Stephen King wanted his name nowhere near this movie whatsoever. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> um, but I did read the book, and I saw snippets of it when I was younger. Namely, anytime it was on like HBO or Cinemax or whatever, my dad would call me down to watch the hockey scene with some <laughs> firing a guy into a net that turns into a cage rather than just <laughs> kill him with his goalie stick that's also a saw. But anyway, um, so up until, <laughs> up until this week, I had never seen it all the way through. Nice. Uh, OPJ? I, um, man. All right, so <laughs> this story has been told many times. I kind of got to watch whatever I wanted when I was a kid. Uh, and so I would just go rent action movies or whatever movie I could get my hands on and watch it. So that's how I saw most of the Van Damme movies, you know, whatever. And then obviously this is a Schwarzenegger film. Schwarzenegger was a big, big name in our house. We watched a lot of Schwarzenegger films and I rented this at one point and watched it and ended up buying it through various means. And, and I've, watched it many, many, many times over the course of, you know, the years that it's been out. Um, so yeah, I've seen it plenty of times. Um, I feel like I am more in the James camp of this movie where I feel like I've seen the whole thing before, but I feel like for a long period of time, I knew some of this movie, but not the whole thing. Like even watching it for the podcast just a couple days ago, I was like, there's a lot of this movie that I forget exists. Like, and we'll get into it because you think about all the parts where they're in the game show, but there's a lot more to this movie than just that part. So like, that's the part you remember. Like, so yeah, I don't know. Like we'll get into it, but yeah, I, I feel like maybe before this podcast, Watching, rewatching it for the podcast, I had seen the whole thing like once, but I had seen bits and pieces of it, you know, throughout. That is so weird to me. Like, it blows my mind that neither of you have really seen this movie more than a couple times all the way through. Because we used <laughs> well, to talk about this movie. Well, yeah, but I think it also there's a there's one caveat that would make me not want to be like super into it when we were younger, and that would be. This was one of the few Schwarzenegger franchises or movies or whatever that didn't have action figures that went with it. 
That's true. That is fair. And and like, did I see Commando? Sure, I saw Commando. There was a whole line of action figures. <laughs> did I see Terminator? Yeah, I had all the toys. They didn't make Running Man toys. That's fair. That's true. Man, Which is they should have. They really yeah. should have. Like this, this movie screams an action figure line. Like yeah, for sure. Yeah, because this is, was well, because they had Predator toys, right? I, yeah. But yeah. they may not have come out until later, like the early 90s. Oh, that's true. Did. That's probably I'm, true. Um, I'm surprised that, like, at this point, like, that with all the, like, nostalgia and stuff, they released toy lines for everything. How has there never been a running man line of toys? Like, like they released, oh. They, they actually released, like, a full-size doll of Arnold in his uh, running jumpsuit? man. Yeah, the yellow <laughs> jumpsuit. Um but other than that, no, they haven't. Like you'd think that they'd be like, let's make Sub Zero and Fireball and yeah, all here's, that. Here's Dynamo in his <laughs> golf cart that he drives in and stuff. Like, Sign me up for the and, Richard Dawson toy. Exactly. <laughs> oh, here's here's Jim Brown in his jetpack. Like I, it is yes, very, exactly. it's very surprising that a toy line doesn't exist for this. But um, uh, okay. So let's uh, let's go through some of the numbers on this. Uh, the release date on uh, the Running Man is November thirteenth, uh, nineteen eighty-seven. Did you guys see the interesting fact about the release date that it, they wanted it to come out in the summer, but they were they didn't want it to go up against Predator, which also came out this year, like in the summer. So they bumped it back a number of months, oh, and wow. that's why instead of like a summer release, it's a November release. So yeah. man, he had. Like Schwarzenegger had an incredible run of movies come out in the span of like four years because he had Terminator, he had this, he had Predator, he had Commando, he yeah. had uh, what was right after this? Oh, he had like um, the one with uh, Belushi, uh, Red uh, Raw Deal, Raw Deal, or, no, not Raw Deal. Uh, yeah. Anyways, anyway, yeah, whatever. But he had like, like in the span of four years, he had like six or seven movies come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was right in the middle of the boom of like, to Jason's point earlier uh, about the, like the whole going to rent movies and things of that nature. So he had all those movies come out. Then they sat on shelves for people to rent and that's how they, yeah. that's, that's pretty much how he got so big, right? You, you know, you're absolutely yeah. right because you're going to talk about the numbers on this one in a second. Go ahead. Uh, well, you know, surprisingly, the numbers on this, it, it, it's kind of interesting to me. So the budget on this movie is $27 million. Now, this is one where I could only find, like, one number for the gross. Like, it just listed a domestic, so I don't know about worldwide. It was only $38 million for the gross. So it's not, like, a resounding success. It made money, but it's not, like, a blockbuster, I would right. say. But that's the thing. I think it made a good amount of money after release in videos. Like James yeah. brought up a good point. Like this is kind of the the sweet spot for for movie rentals and and, and people you know getting VHS players and um, you know in building their own libraries of films. I would say this is probably one that a lot of people owned. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, okay. So the Rotten Tomatoes for this is 64%. Uh, and the audience score is 60%. So barely in line. Um, so here's where it gets interesting. Top grossing movies of 1987. 
number one, this one always surprised me, is three men and a baby. Now I forget that. We've gone over this how many times? Like uh, well, you you'll hear in a second here quite a few. Right. Here's here's the thing that always fascinates me about three men and a baby. Do you guys remember who directed three men and a baby? Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy directed that movie, <laughs> yeah. which is wild to me that that's that Spock directed that movie. But anyways, so that's number one. Then you have Fatal Attraction, number two, and number three, Beverly Hills Cop 2. This movie, The Running Man, came in 30th for the year. Now, other movies that we have covered from 1987 are number nine, Lethal Weapon, number 12, Predator, number 16, RoboCop, and number 19, The Living Daylights. So this is a year that we have been into quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of funny because at first when I was scrolling through like to write this stuff down, I was like, man, we haven't done this. Oh, okay. We've been in it quite a bit. So <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, 1987, a good year for movies. There was a lot that came out in this year that we haven't covered. Um, but yeah, no, uh, good year for movies and one that we've hit quite a bit. You want to talk about uh, the director of this? Because there's something so fascinating about the director that like blew my mind, <laughs> uh, like in a in a weird way. I, I'm curious what blew your mind about it, but it, it's Paul Michael Glazer who was um, Starsky and Starsky and Hutch. That 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 is not what blew my mind. What okay. blew my mind is that he hasn't directed a lot of movies. One of them is Kazam. The, right, uh, right, right. the movie where Shaq plays a genie. Yeah. But what blew my oh, mind is, I, that, is that he he directed The Cutting Edge, okay? The figure skating movie with D.B. Sweeney. What's wild about it is just a couple episodes ago, episodes ago, we found that Tony Gilroy, who wrote the entire Bourne franchise, wrote The Cutting Edge. Yes. So this guy directed The Cutting Edge, and he wrote it and when i saw that it just it was so wild to me that like you wouldn't expect that that's the duo that put together wow the director of the running man and the writer of the born identity movies Sounds made the cutting you edge. guys are gonna have to do the cutting edge i would 100 percent do a special episode on the cutting edge yeah that might be we might have to brand we might do that's a spinoff of this <laughs> show that's not no <laughs> Um, now, and then obviously the screenplay is by someone who we've talked about a lot on the shows. Uh, one of Nob Snyder's or, uh, LBJ's favorite, Stephen E. D'Souza. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, you've talked about him a lot. Yeah. He is. First of all, he's bananas. Uh, <laughs> and there's this, so yeah, so he's written, you know, running man, die hard, die hard two. He wrote. Hudson Hawk, Beverly Hills Cop 3, Street Fighter, Judge Dredd, Knock Off. I mean, he's wrote a ton of different things. Didn't he, didn't he do Commando, too? Yeah, he wrote Commando. Um, <clears throat> Jumpin' Jack Flash. He wrote Jumpin' Jack Flash. Uh, 48 <laughs> Hours. Um, but what's crazy is he not only writes all these films, but he finds a way to subtly connect them all. So, like... Predator and Commando and this film are all loosely tied together in the Stephen E. D'Souza universe because he adds these little like touches like um, <laughs> like that country Val Verde that he always yeah. puts in his films. So he 
all of his films kind of take place in its own little universe. It's very strange to me. <laughs> um, and then, as we mentioned already, uh, it's based on the novel by Richard Bachman, who is the one of the pen names used by Stephen King. So, um, Which, and my question is, it, it, was this like a full novel or is this one of his novellas where it's just like a short story or was this like an actual full book? I don't know if you remember that or not. Yeah, no, it's a full book. Okay. Yeah. It's a full book He uh, from 82. Um, it is similar to this film, but not this, not exactly the same. Um, I don't know. I didn't, James, you read it. I did. I read it 30 years ago. What do you remember about it? <laughs> I don't remember much, to okay, be honest well then, with you. Well then. I, I remember the basic plot, which followed the movie fairly well, right? Any of the, the actual nuances, I don't know that I would be able to, yeah. <laughs> to actually Wait, expound LBJ, on right now. what do you remember from eighth grade? Well, <laughs> he remembers me. That's when he met me. I remember so. him. <laughs> the, rest of it, the rest of eighth grade, I would like to forget. There's, there's not much of seventh and eighth grade I care to remember. Thank you very much. Uh, but what's interesting about them buying this, the rights to this film, this book, is they had no idea that Stephen King was Richard Bachman, <laughs> which is crazy to me. Like, they, they bought it based on the book itself and not the fact that it's Stephen King. It's true. And I will say this, like, what's interesting is that I think a lot of people don't realize that this is a Stephen King book. Because I remember, like, Last year, like we got into a thing at work where I'd pull up a lot of like action movie quizzes and give them to people. And one of the questions was like, you know, the running man is based on a book by this author and like nobody got it right. So I think that's kind of like a thing that a lot of people don't know about this movie is that it's a Stephen King, you know, book. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, music. Um, so the score it's fine, right? Like, yeah, no, it's good. That's, as far as action movies go, <laughs> as far as '80s action movies go, the score is is fine. It's right. it's a good score, right? But that's, I mean, that's not what we're here to talk. No, about. no, sir. Oh no, that's not the number. Well, oh. <laughs> no. So, like, I would say that there's a trend in these like '80s action movies that they have these like end credit songs that are just like. They, they're so wild. They don't seem to fit. And we've come across it a number of times sure. during this podcast. And like LPJ even messaged me like when he had watched the movie and he's like, he's like the end credit song for this. He's like, it's, he's like, it blows commando away. So when I was watching it, I was prepared, but it, even when it, it shocked me when it came on, I was like, what? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, like, Commando has a very odd, almost ballad at the end of it. Mm -hmm. The original Rambo, it's the Rambo, it's the theme that plays throughout Rambo, but it has lyrics, which is crazy. And the lyrics are super depressing. Like, they're really depressing <laughs> well, lyrics. And, and Lethal Weapon has a weird Lethal one, Lethal Weapon too, has a weird song at the end. Like, there's a bunch of these that do, but this one is probably my favorite. <laughs> All right, this is Restless Heart by John Parr, who you may know as uh, the singer-songwriter of St. Elmo's Fire. So I'm going to play it. I'm going to start it about 30 wait, seconds in because it has a gigantic intro. 
Okay, I have one other thing to add about John Parr, but I'll let you play the song first. This is no game Standing in the dark I swear I heard you calling my name And random things have changed No pain, no gain Something in your eyes just told me that this nightmare would end And I had found a plan Shouted from the highest steeple Let it out to all the The thing that I wanted to bring up, and this is like a little bit of a tangent, but I think you guys will appreciate it. There's a as soon as I found out that this is John Parr and that he was the one that wrote, uh, performed uh, Saint Almost Fire. There's a really specific Simpsons joke where like Homer's driving the car and he's listening to like talk radio, and Lisa's like, "Ah, I'm sick of listening to this," and she's like, "When you drive, I'll let yeah. you." Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, when you drive, we can listen to what you want." And then they cut to her driving the car and. St. Elmo's fire is yes. blasting from the radio. Yes. And he's like, huh, I can't take this. Let's switch back. So I, <laughs> I had to pull up that clip, but yep. I, I thought you guys would appreciate it. 100%. Oh, yes. Yep. Oh, 100%. Um, okay. Let us talk about the cast of this movie. Oh, I got plenty about the cast. Okay. Uh, why, don't, why don't you cover it then, uh, right. LBJ? Because... I feel like you're primed for. Sure. Well, we've obviously got Schwarzenegger as uh, Ben Richards in the title role of The Running Man. Uh, Maria Conchita Alonso as Amber Mendez. Uh, the recently deceased Yafet Koto uh, as yeah. Laughlin, who... I, like, as of a couple days, yeah, less yeah. than a week, I think, of us recording this. So. I think it was two days ago. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, Richard Dawson hosted The Family Feud as Damon Killian. Uh, the at the time the the leading rusher in the NFL history in NFL <laughs> history Jim Brown as Fireball Jesse Ventura as Captain Freedom uh, you've got Earl Van Lith de Jude as Dynamo um, so he, here's what we'll get into so we'll start with we'll You're start passing with over Tanaka that's what I'm say. <laughs> Professor Toru Tanaka who is a professor because that's what his wrestling name was. He's not really a yeah. professor of anything, but what's interesting no. about him is, do you know what he's famous for in wrestling? No, all I can think about is that how he was in three ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Maybe. So he's famous. His tag team partner in the seventies was Mr. Fuji. Toru Tanaka is famous for making throwing salt in people's eyes popular. <laughs> awesome. Yep. Uh, I would, I have to say, when they announced him as Professor Sub Zero in this movie, uh-huh. I, was, I was so confused. <laughs> and like, 
when did he get his degree in? Like, I just yeah. Well, that's Anyways. the thing. Like, if you look at his credits, it, I don't know if it's in his contract, but he's always listed as Professor Toro Tanaku, yeah. or his character is named Professor something. <laughs> like, it's just a thing with him. Um, Mick Fleet, Mick Fleetwood of Fleetwood Mac <laughs> is in this, possibly Mick. playing Mick, playing himself. <laughs> yeah, he I like that. that to, yeah, I like that. That they're like, yeah, he might just be playing himself in this movie. Huh? Like, uh, all right. Sure. And then another bizarre Dweezil Zappa, son of Frank Zappa, playing Stevie. Another nod, nod to Fleetwood Mac as Stevie Nicks was in Fleetwood Mac. Uh, Kurt Fuller as Tony. Kurt Fuller is also in um, oh, No Holds Barred. Bard. I love Kurt Fuller is awesome. He like, is great. I was I forgot he was in this movie and I like was so excited and I was like, oh, Kurt Fuller. Uh, I, I did. I did forget to mention Earl Van Lith de Jude as Dynamo is an actual legitimate opera singer, uh, which is why he sings opera in the movie. Uh, we've got. Um, why is he wearing a light bright? <laughs> <laughs> That's the part I couldn't figure out. Not that I could figure out anything in this movie, but that was odd. Uh, Sven Oli Thorson as Sven, uh, who was uh, Lafors in Mallrats. Oh, okay. Uh, and he's actually. He He's in a lot of Schwarzenegger movies because he's one of Schwarzenegger's best friends. Okay. Because I saw something where it was like they were both in Predator. And I'm like, he was in Predator? And then I looked it up and it was like, like uncredited, like Russian man or something. It was like, oh, okay. But he shows up in a lot of Schwarzenegger movies as just like a bit part. Um, But the real winner here is uh, Roger Bumpus. He's the announcer. His claim to fame is he is Squidward on spongebob squarepants awesome <laughs> wow um okay uh let's uh, i did uh, only a couple net worths for this one because i mean quite frankly not to bum the audience out but a lot of people in this movie are dead now so and i don't <laughs> do dead people's net worths um okay let's start with maria about i don't know i couldn't figure out why either maria conchita alonzo what do you guys think what's her net worth lpj what do you think uh, I'm surprised she wasn't dead. Uh, She's not dead. I'll say five million. Okay, James, what do you think? I'll say three million. She's actually worth eight million dollars, guys. Oh, Good for million her. for her. All right, uh, Jesse Ventura. What do you think about former governor of Minnesota, Jesse Ventura? What's he tax I'm sure we'll get a thought, right? I'm sure we're going to get into this later, but is this the first movie you guys have done where two U.S. governors have tried to kill each other? Oh, tried to kill each other? Yeah. Yeah, because yes. we've done Predator. We did Predator, and they were in it together. They didn't. They right. were helping each other. Were, this is the first time you've had two governors in a death match, right? It's true. It's, that's very fair. true. That's the last action podcast first. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, LBJ, what do you think for Jesse Ventura? 15. Okay. Uh, James? I'll do 10. Uh, Six million for Jesse Ventura. And then finally, we've done it a lot. I'm sure you don't remember LPJ. What do you think for Arnold Schwarzenegger? I I know it's a lot. It's something crazy like 350. Infinity billion. I'll say 350. (laughs) Now, hold on, LPJ. You haven't referenced something obscure that he's been in that you could say he's got all that money. I I really. Oh, that's right. Uh, He's got all that. Oh, um, oh shit! I can't think of the name of that movie now. He just did Hans or uh, <laughs> fuck. 
what's it called now? All right. Well, I'm sorry that I made you try and do this. What do you think he's asked for network? Uh, I think because he's got that awesome, you know, Mr. Freeze money from Batman Forever. <laughs> hey <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like, I know how this game works. Uh, it's probably like five, six hundred million dollars or something ridiculous like that. Okay. Uh, LPJ, who I can tell is looking at his looking IMDb at, I gotta, page. I gotta find that reference I was trying to make. Trying to find going to be obscure. completely out of context. Well, you officially killed the momentum of the show. <laughs> Don't I always? Well, go. What's the answer? Did you guess? Yes, I said three fifty. Oh, uh, four hundred million. Sorry, I didn't hear your guess. So four hundred million dollars for Arnold Schwarzenegger. So. Um, well, that's, okay. that's clearly because he has that killing Gunther money. Oh, uh, is that what you're trying to think of? <laughs> Got it. Nailed it. That's it. Okay. I'm going to splice that in so it sounds great. <laughs> you, you won't. I know you don't like don't, to do editing. Like to do okay. Uh, taglines. So the taglines for this, there's, there's five taglines. Some of them are kind of similar, but let's go. This one cracks me up just based on the first line. The year is 2019. The finest men in America don't run for president. They run for their lives. Okay, so this next one's pretty similar. Welcome to America in 2019. When the best men don't run for president, they run for their lives. Why? What's with the fascination with president? I don't know. Uh, Next one. A game nobody survives, but Schwarzenegger has yet to play. That's okay. Um, it is the year 2019. The Running Man is a deadly game no one has ever survived, but Schwarzenegger has yet to play. That's so a, a lot of these long, are similar. That's a long tagline. And then the last one is 2019, a game nobody survives. This year might be the exception. That's so. probably the best one of them. Yeah, I always I like these movies that take place in the future. And then it's like, like this movie, it starts off. It's like 2017. <laughs> like, Oh, that was like four years ago. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but that is it for the taglines. Um, so before we get into the plot of this, is there anything else either of you want to bring up or mention before we kind of start going through uh, so the movie here? When I watched it, I, you know, I rented it on my, on demand or whatever and it also gave me the trailers that were in theaters as one of the things i could watch with it right so i watched that and it's funny because the trailer said it was in 2017 that it took place which obviously it does at the beginning but right bulk of the movies in 2019 but anyway reason i bring that up is that smack dab in the middle of the trailer they drop the i'll be back (laughs) scene, (laughs) and i was like like, I remember that being, like, a big thing, you know, 91, 92 for T2, right? Yeah. And I know he said it in, in Terminator. Yeah. But I didn't, didn't realize that they were actually marketing him dropping <laughs> that line again in this movie. Um, well, that's well, because he says it in he, – he starts in Terminator, but he ends up saying it in, like – what does he say in Commando? Oh, he says in Predator. I feel like he – yeah, I feel like that that's, like – like, I forget that he sent, says it in this movie, and then he says it, and I'm like, come on, Arnold. Like, I feel like they're just trying to work in ways for him to say it. But that is funny that they were so, like, it's such a marketing thing that they're like, put it in the trailer that he says right. it. Oh, yeah. So somebody, if they're on the fence, they might be like, 
whoa, he says <laughs> I'll be back in this movie. Hold on a second. I got to go see it. That right. is, I, I wish I would have watched the trailer. I might have to check it out afterwards. But um, okay. So uh, The Running Man. My first note says 2017. LOL. Because it's funny. Because like I said, it's not the future anymore. Um, we're introduced to uh, Arnold. He's in the military, I guess, question mark. Uh, some kind well, of military service. I mean, it's a police state. So he's basically in. He's a police officer. He's in the yeah, the military I, that controls the. I guess I I guess I glazed over. There is like a uh, a text crawl that's kind of explaining what's going on. I didn't write it down. It's like, ah, it's 2017 and things are shitty. Like, right. Like that's, yeah, it's kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like I didn't write a lot of times I'll write down the crawl at the beginning. I, I didn't feel like doing it. It's things are bad. Uh, so Arnold works for the military state, flies a helicopter. There's like a food riot going on. These people don't have food. They're like, ah, oh, there's 1500 unarmed people. They want him to kill all of them. Arnold's like, nah, I'm not going to kill these people. No, 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 no. Drop the line right. Because what he says is, to hell with you. I won't do it. Yeah, that's true. Yep, that's fair. (laughs) So he gets in a fight with all his army buddies uh, in the helicopter. They end up, like, knocking him out with a a rifle. They, They knock him out. Cut to, I guess, two years in the future, right? Like, we jump ahead two years? Yeah. Okay. So he's working in a prison camp, um, which apparently his job in the prison camp is just to carry like steel girders like around because there's like two or three shots of him carrying different steel yeah, girders around. I can't around figure this out what this work camp is trying to accomplish. It's got, they've got steel girders and then everyone else is like pounding rocks. <laughs> like, is it a quarry? Is it some kind of steel mill? Is it a, Rock steel mill quarry? I don't know what this thing is, but it's some kind of work camp. It is unclear what is being accomplished there. Um, so him and his buddies, uh, the, the the guy with glasses, who I, I would be if I was in this movie, and uh, what's his name? Yafet <laughs> Kodo. Kodo. Yeah. yeah. So they like they stage this big breakout. The thing about the prison camp is that there's these like there's a barrier around it. They're like these like um I don't know what you want to call them, but basically they're around it and they have they all have these collars on them. And if you like pass through it when these things are on, like the it's collars, a, will, it's an invisible fence for a dog. It's essentially yeah, what it is. It, right. it's much like if you've yeah. seen the movie uh, Suicide Squad, it's kind of like that. Like it'll blow your head up. Um, so they stage this prison breakout and they're having trouble getting the fences down. And poor Chico, man, Chico, he will not wait. Like, they're having trouble getting the signal to, like, lock on, to shut these things down. But Chico can't wait. So Chico runs, and he goes through, and his head blows. I love, so hold on. I love, like, the method of them getting the getting, getting the, the, the field down is essentially who can enter the password and last. That's <laughs> <laughs> essentially what it is. It's like... What's his name? Uh, Lenny. Lenny's the guy that's pull, put, put typing the buttons for uh, Schwarzenegger's side. It's like, oh, it's I, Weiss or Weiss. Yeah, I got the password in. The, the field's down. The guards on the other side, are like, no, I put the password in. The field's <laughs> up. No, I put it in. The field's down, and it's whoever can do it the most. Apparently, I just like that. Like literally, Chico's head explodes, and then like 
a half a second later, they're like, we got the barrier down. <laughs> and everybody gets out. And it's like. Can we talk about Chico's death scene, though? Because that was like, like, not that you would expect fantastic um, special effects in a 1987 film, but that was clearly like they just dropped a dummy. <laughs> 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 It's true. It was really bad. <laughs> bad in the best possible way. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, they all get out. Uh, Arnold and his buddies, they meet up with the like the resistance to this police state um, who take the, the, their collars off. And I had to make a note that, of course, like Arnold's wearing a gym shirt and like immediately smoking a cigar. Yes. So I need to talk about that because that's one of my first things I have written down is that cigar. Because yeah. as soon as he gets in there, he actually grabs a pack of cigarettes they show him pull out one cigarette and put it in his mouth. The camera cuts away and it's gone from being a cigarette to a full size cigar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did not notice that at all. That's hilarious. And I was um, like, wait, he just, like he had a pack of cigarettes in his hand a minute ago and now it's a cigar. That doesn't make sense. I rewound it and watched it just to make sure that I was right. I was like, how did that, how did that get caught? But oh, yeah. anyway. Oh, and this is the scene where he's wearing the world's gym shirt, right? Yes. 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 At the time he owned world's gym, by the way. There you go. Makes sense. Yeah. There you go. So uh, essentially, his buddies kind of want him to join this revolution, but he's like, "Nah, I'm not having it. My brother's going to get me out of the city. So good luck." And he kind of takes off. Um, the ICS—that's the name of like the television network in this uh, in this uh, movie. Uh, This—that's where I have a note that says, "Yes, Kurt Fuller's in this." Um, <laughs> that's weird. And. We're introduced to uh, Jesse Ventura in this playing Captain Freedom, and he's got like a workout video that's on, which is like it's intense. It is a crazy workout video. Pretty funny. Uh, and, and what we learn is that like they've painted Arnold in this as the they call him the butcher of Bakersfield. So it's like they've essentially changed the narrative of what happened at the beginning of the movie. So he didn't not kill these people is that he like literally disobeyed orders and murdered all these civilians. Uh, and, and that's kind of how they portrayed him. So um, he, so why do you, why would they call him a butcher if he was shooting people from a helicopter? <laughs> because alliteration sells tickets. It's catchy, I guess. Um, Cause he's supposed to be going to his brother's apartment. So he goes and he goes in there, but it's not his, it's uh I, I can't remember the actor's name, but Maria Amber. Yes, Amber. It's her apartment. This is where she shows up from work and immediately starts working out in lingerie, <laughs> which is like so weird. I mean, you know, it was just a thing where it's like, well, we got to have like a shot of somebody in lingerie in this movie because it's an 80s action movie. So what if she just came home from work and started working out on her like Bowflex in her lingerie? It's so weird. <laughs> Um. Uh, so he's like, well, this is supposed to be in my brother's apartment. And she's like, ah, yeah, I just moved in. Uh, apparently he was taken away for a re-education. We don't, we don't really get a full insight as to what that means, but I would assume it is not good. Yeah. And he essentially um, never finds out what happens to his brother. Yeah. That's, that's true. Mentioned again. Uh, then yeah. we're introduced to Richard Dawson. Uh, in this movie, who is playing a game show host, which is right up his alley. He's the guy who hosts The Running Man, and he's really uh, he's really wants to get Arnold on the show. He's like, this guy's going to be perfect because there's video of him like beating up people in his prison break. 
and uh, running. That's the most important part is him running. True. During running. That's true. Fair <laughs> enough. It's something about how beautiful that guy is running or whatever. With his pinky um, Richard so Dawson's our, pinky ring is pretty awesome. <laughs> you know what? It was probably Richard Dawson's pinky ring. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was not a prop. <laughs> no, and that wasn't a character he was playing. No, actually, <laughs> I was reading yourself. about that. I was reading about that. I guess uh, while he was hosting the Family Feud, um, the way he would treat his assistants is exactly the way he treats his assistants in this movie. Yeah, I could see Which that. Which is not great. Ooh. He doesn't treat anybody great in this movie. Um, so Arnold's like, well, I'm going to get out of here. So he goes to the airport to like try and escape, but uh, Amber sells him out. Um, I do have a note, LBJ, that this is another example of dumb future cars because when he's like, yes, when he's caught on the tarmac at the airport, like this truck rolls up and it's this dumb looking future car with like a weird front end. And it's like, I just had to mention that. Joe um, hates future cars, by the way. Well, because I, my theory is, is that everybody is like, in the future, cars are going to look weird, but like cars just look the same. So in movies in the future, Elon these- Musk. They're like these weird, like box, like things, and it's—I I don't know—it goes back to time cop. But anyways, um, so uh, Richard Dawson gets him uh, to the studio, and he he basically blackmails Arnold to be on the show because he's like, "Hey, we have your buddies, uh, the guys from the beginning, Weiss and Lawful. I can't remember what." Uh, yes, they're like, "If you don't do the show, we're gonna kill them." So he's like, "Ah, okay, I'll do the show." Um, I, I like when they're preparing him for the show and they're giving him like all the trackers and stuff. There's that one shot, which you had to hate, by the way, LPJ, uh, that they give him. Why does that one shot they give him have to be like in his knuckle? Not like, a fan. Not a fan. No, thank you. <laughs> nope. Turn yeah. my head. LBJ does not like shots. Dude, so I knew that he probably but, hated You know, that. like a giant needle like that in the hand. No, nah, no, no, no dice. Fair enough. Uh, so that's when like they're introducing him and that's when they show the doctored footage of him. <laughs> it's kind of brilliant the way they doctor the footage to make it look like yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm going to kill all these people. <laughs> and they show like all these explosions and all this stuff. And it's like a real well, they tragedy. Kept, in the edited version to make him look like the butcher, they did keep the to hell with you line. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like, it's <laughs> really, like I mean, don't shoot. They're unarmed. And he's like, to hell with you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They did a they did a really good job. Um, I also like uh, that they cut like to the uh, one of the other shows on this network uh, is climbing for dollars, which is like <laughs> yeah. just dogs biting at you, <laughs> yeah. which is like a guy trying to climb up a rope and grab like stacks of money with like these like Doverman pinchers like below him. I'm like I kind of want to watch that show. Um, and also, so okay, let's get into this. Uh, the Running Man show. The opening to the show is so intense. Like, it's so elaborate. Oh, the this dance, dance This yeah. dance choreographed by Paula Abdul. I don't know if you guys saw that, yes. but she choreographed it. But it is so long. And then when they announced that the show is, like, three hours long, yeah. can you imagine sitting down to watch a three-hour <laughs> well, show? I mean, wrestling is three hours on TV. I yeah. guess that's and people true. people sit and watch that. And, you know, if you if you would sit and watch, like, a sporting event, it's probably yeah. going to be three hours long. So it's actually guess, what this is. It's a game show sporting event. I guess, you know what? When you put it in that perspective, I guess I, I get it. Because, and then they kind of say the thing about the show is, is that they put the criminals in, 
And if you survive, they'll set you free. Like you'll pay your debt to society. They even announced, I can't remember the guy's names, but like these three people. Last, three guys, yeah. Yeah, last, year last season who, who made it through and they survived. Um, and, and the people that they, they hunt you down are the stalkers. That's what they call them, right? Yep. Um, and that's when they're about to, uh, they're going to send Arnold in. That's when he drops the uh, I'll be back line. Like, and Richard Dawson's re- reply to that is only in reruns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I literally, my, my note literally says, I'll be back. Come on. <laughs> yep. um, but it turns out that they're, they kind of double cross Arnold because his, they're going to send his buddies into the game with him. Um, and here's a question for you. Like, I know it looks cool, but why is there such a weird, complicated way to get them into the, like that like tube they send them down to, they're going so fast. I get it. It looks cool for the movie, but like, why? Well, I could, all right. So if you think about the way the game is set up, they're obviously in some kind of studio. Mm-hmm. They have to have the running man, the actual arena, wherever it is they're at, out far enough so that they have a place to run to and like out. So they probably have to transport them a long distance very quickly. Thus a rocket propelled, uh, uh, whatever that thing is <laughs> through a tunnel of some kind. Pod, yeah. yeah. You know, granted, right. it's over the top. Sparks flying everywhere. <laughs> logistically, it makes sense that they would have to get them very far, very quickly. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Sure. You know what? I'll, I'll take it at face value. Um, while this is happening, uh, Amber, she kind of like, cause Arnold just basically tells her is like, Hey, this is a lie. This is what happened, but she kind of like is investigating it. So she works at the network. She writes jingles, I guess, which is something they set up. She like goes into these secret files and is kind of looking well, she, into, she looks into it because the way it was reported uh-huh. of him getting caught for the running man was that oh, yeah. he killed three people at the airport. And she's like, that's not what happened. I was there. Yeah. Like they shot him with a big rubber like net thing. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So she she finds something that's like labeled as like the real Bakersfield footage, but then she gets caught. Like okay. what, what a coincidence that the woman who takes over his brother's apartment happens to work at the studio and has access to the original tape. And it's and it's labeled the real footage. Yeah, labeled <laughs> raw true. footage. It is labeled very conveniently. So uh, we're introduced to the first stalker, which is Professor Sub-Zero, as we talked about. Here, Here's a question for you guys, and I, I kind of like your real answer on this. There's a locker room they show full of how many stalkers are there? We're introduced to a few of them, but there's a locker room. Presumably there's like 20 stalkers to choose from, right? Yeah, and I kind of got the feeling that like Fireball, like, Jim Brown's an older guy at this point. He's like probably in his fifties at this point, at least. Um, yeah. He's got the gray hair. He's got the yeah. salt and pepper hair going on. I kind of feel like they weren't going to send him in until the other stalkers got killed. And you know, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Yeah. But to your point, it feels like all the stalkers are just sitting around watching, and then eventually Jim Brown Fireball is like, "All right, I'm going in because you know I'm yeah. the best ever, or whatever." And then they. It's, it's just yeah. wild to me because it seems like the way that they're picking is like you think that there's a selection of like five or six, but then they show the locker room and there's so many people in there. I'm like, who are these other stalkers that aren't popular that nobody's picking? Right. You know, Maybe yeah. they're not stalkers. 
There were a lot of people in the. I mean, there were some hangers on, but. <laughs> I mean, did you see Captain Freedom's locker room? There was also some women in there hanging out. Anyways, so Sub Zero is the first to go up. His shtick is that he plays hockey, so he's he's got like he's skating, he's wearing goalie pads. Large Asian like, man, definitely hockey is the first oh, thing that comes. One hundred percent. He's got like a stick, a hockey stick that's like also like yeah. A he sword. has a, a metal sharpened goalie stick. Yes, <laughs> and he has exploding hockey pucks. Let's not forget that they're leaning hard into this hockey stick. Oh yeah, he, he is like the worst Bond villain ever. So uh, he you know what he look- is? He's a he's a he's a GI Joe character. He kind of is. He You're is. not 100% he, he's wrong. He's essentially some kind of weird cobra hockey assassin. Yeah. So yeah, he I gets that. he gets killed like Arnold like wraps his neck in like the barbed wire in the, the hockey arena and kills him. Yeah. I Let's not gloss over the fact that uh, he throws a guy into a net which turns into essentially like a Venus flytrap and, and traps the guys in there. It's true. It's Weiss. And I have a note that says Weiss sucks because he like immediately gets caught by this guy in this giant net. Oh, yeah. Um, so this is what. OK. And, and we can get into it further. Maybe a detriment of this movie. This movie has so many one liners. One would say too yeah. many one liners. No, no. I actually I actually wrote it down as like in my watch is this is. This is almost on par with the Mr. Freeze character as far as Arnold one-liners, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's like, bad. This is a pain in the neck. And- yeah, because, because first, first he's like, he's like, I do kind of like this when he's like, here is Sub-Zero, now plane Zero. So he says that, and you're like, okay, fine. He got that out. But then, like he said, he's like, yeah, he was a real pain in the neck because he can't. He chokes him with the barbed wire. And it's like, those are two kind of one-liners back-to-back. Like, we... And it's just the beginning of the one-liners in this movie. Oh, this is... You know what? This is... These are classic. This is Schwarzenegger in his prime with the (laughs) one-liners. So, and here's the question, too, because, like, he kills Sub-Zero, and then, like, everyone is so shocked. So, like, literally a stalker has never died in the show before, because, like, everyone is like, oh, my gosh, like... I find it hard to believe that they never had a contestant that's ever like killed a stalker before. I kind of—it's weird. Yeah. It kind of seems like they haven't. No, I mean that's what I'm saying. It just seems surprising. So the next stalkers up, Buzzsaw and Dynamo. Dynamo. You know, like Buzzsaw, like his thing is he rides a motorcycle and he has an seemingly unnecessary amount of chainsaws on him. Like using <laughs> what. You think, his legs. <laughs> yeah, you think one would be fine, but he carries like three, maybe four with him. And then yeah, you think Dynamo. They weigh him down. Dynamo. <laughs> Somebody, LBJ, <laughs> describe Dynamo to me. All right, so Dynamo. All right, so if you took, first of all, he sings opera. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So and second, he has a helmet that's like uh, he has a helmet <laughs> that's like a giant mohawk, and everything's made of some kind of like lucite or plexiglass or some kind of weird molded clear plastic and he's filled with blinking lights he's yeah, a like walking a walking light bright he's yeah a like a light bright, bright. It's exactly yeah. what he is <laughs> and he drives a go-kart that is similarly clad in this light bright material yeah. uh his, his car is the worst like it is so dumb 
Like, I literally just have a note that says, Dynamo's car is dumb. Like, it's so stupid. And especially, like, juxtaposed to, like, Buzzsaw driving this motorcycle. Then he's in this, like, like, go-kart. It's so stupid. He barely fits into it, number one, right? Yeah. And then, then to your point, my my, uh, my note on Dynamo was, Dynamo, just what? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All of it. Just what? 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 He has, he has, like, too much stuff going on. He, he sings like, opera. He shoots lightning. He drives a go kart. He looks like much. a Mario Kart character. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Um, so while all this is going on, they decide since they had caught Amber, they're going to send her into the game too. They kind of brand her as a co-conspirator and like Arnold's lover, and they're going to send her into the game. Okay, and then like Weiss observes. There's kind of like this whole subplot where the resistance. Their whole goal is they want to take over the broadcast of the network to kind of show the truth, show that like they've been lying and keeping them in this police state. So while they're in the game, he's like, Oh, he's like this satellite uplink we've been looking for this whole time. It's here in the game zone. And that's why we've never seen it before. Right? Like I, that's yeah. what the gist of it look, is. Look, okay? It doesn't make sense, but yes, that's what they say in the film. <laughs> okay. And so like, also like I, there's no explanation for this. So please don't try but she catches up to them so fast. Oh, oh yeah. Like they send yeah. her into the game and like the next scene, she's there. Like, okay. Anyways. Um, so like I said, Dynamo's car is dumb. Uh, I also have a note that says, why does Buzzsaw need more than one chainsaw? You know, something uh, just occurred to me. Yeah. Sub-Zero has his own like layer. Mm-hmm. Do the other people have layers? Yeah. I mean, seemingly Jesse Ventura does at the end. Like, yeah. he has his own little spot. Yeah. But. Well, and they talk about that, that there's, like, I think there's, like, four quadrants or something like that that yeah. they have to make their way through, or four battle zones or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it might just be Sub-Zero was the for this game's version of uh, Glass Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You might be right. Like, he's always the opening character. You might be right. <laughs> So when Buzzsaw shows up uh, on his motorcycle, uh, Yafet Koto, did I say that right? Yafet Koto, yeah. Yeah, he like pushes Arnold out of the way and saves him, but he gets like hit by the Buzzsaw. Um, Arnold ends up like uh, getting caught in like a bolo kind of and dragged behind uh, Buzzsaw's motorcycle for quite a long time. Um, He ends up like getting him off the motorcycle. They they tussle for a while. And then he like... um, he chainsaws him in the crotch, right? Like, there's no other way to explain it. Like, yeah. he gets control of the chainsaw, and he... There's, like, this really long drawn out of, like, you're holding one side of the, the chainsaw, and I'm holding the other, and we're struggling and going back and forth, and then, yeah, he just goes right up the crotch. Oh, yeah, he just There's a really him. high-pitched squeal, too. Yeah, <laughs> so. that is kind of funny, yeah. yeah. Um, there was, if so, I remember correctly, there was a lot of blood, too. Yeah, 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 definitely. (laughs) So, like, while this is going on, like, Amber and Weiss, they're being pursued by Dynamo. He gets the code for the satellite uplink, but then he gets um, killed. (laughs) He gets gets shot by Dynamo, uh, electrified and killed. Um, And then, God, I had a problem with this. So Arnold shows up, and, like, Dynamo starts chasing him in his stupid Mario Kart. And, like, Arnold runs up this, like, really <laughs> steep hill. Why Why did Dynamo, why did Dynamo think he could drive this car? He tries to drive this car up the super steep hill, and they just, like, 
falls over immediately backwards. Like, oh, what was he thinking that he could drive up this hill like that? I don't know. The helmet was pretty tight. So <laughs> it might have constricted the blood flow to his brain. So uh, he kind of gets trapped. Arnold ends up not killing him. He spares him, um, which I think is just so he can show up later in the movie. But anyways. Yeah, it'd be a super creep. Yeah. So oh, man. Then then conveniently she's like, What happened? What happened to Buzzsaw? And Arnold says, He had the split. <laughs> <laughs> Which I literally have a note that says groan after that. Oh, I love um, it. Love it. So, so then we get back and it's uh Yafet Koto, he's dead. Like he dies. He's it comes <laughs> to his wounds from the chainsaw. Yeah, just so. like off camera. He's like, yep, yeah. yep, I guess he's dead. <laughs> Uh, then we get a, a great scene where, like, they cut in and uh, Richard Dawson's talking to Arnold, and they're kind of like, "Hey, we want you to become a stalker. You know, like, it'll be great. We'll give you all this." And then, um, do you do you want to deliver the line, LBJ? No. What he says? What do you, you don't want to do it? No, <laughs> I can't remember it off the top of my head. I can't remember exactly. Enough. Okay, so he basically says he tells him. I'm not going to try and deliver it like Arnold, but he, because he, he's like, oh, I got the contract you can sign. And he's like, you can take that contract and sign it. But then he says, but I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine. <laughs> I love how you said you weren't going to impersonate his voice and then you impersonated his voice. So, well, I'm sorry. I could, and you, you can't say that line without doing a little bit of Arnold. So. I mean, I think that is one of like the, I mean, there's a lot, like you said, a lot of classic one-liners, but I think that one is like one of the tops that people remember who have seen yes. this movie. Yeah. Um, so he rejects the offer and then they got to send in Fireball. And I'm like, guess what Fireball's thing is? Yes, he it's a flamethrower. But then he also has a jetpack because he runs out of the studio and then he's like, so- Hold on. So he flies never, off like the rocketeer. They never <laughs> refer to him by his actual name. They always call him Fireball. But then they refer to him as being like uh, the leading rusher in the NFL. So is he playing? <laughs> is it Jim Brown? Is Fireball <laughs> actually Jim Brown? <laughs> I, mean, be, I, yeah. I think kind of, yeah, like wink, I mean, wink. If like, Mick yeah. is Mick Fleetwood. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I like this like in future. That's what he's following. That, that's yeah. what he's doing to make ends meet. Sure. And I like that. There's like they they kind of set it up where like Richard Dawson's kind of like going into the crowd and basically picking people, and they're going to pick the stalker that they send into the game. And, and I like that he's talking to this old lady, and he and, and she's like, and he's like, well, who are you going to pick? Who's going to have the next kill? And she picks uh, Ben Richards, and like he's like so mad that he picks Ben Richards. Do you remember what she says about Ben Richards? Anybody? He's a, he's a mean mf'er. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's right. And and it's really funny because it's an old lady. Um, and also, like I have a note that just says Amber is the worst because she's like. She's really annoying in this movie, right? Like she's always complaining, and like I, I think it's played for comedy, but it kind of gets on my nerves. So Fireball catches up to him; he's chasing him. At one point, Arnold starts throwing barrels at him like he's Donkey Kong. <laughs> they're they're in like this hallway, and for some reason, there's just a bunch of barrels, and he's just like picking them up and throwing the barrels at him. Uh, he's still uh, got it. I was just going to say, it reminds me of that other Simpsons joke. Sorry, Donkey Kong, you're just not a draw anymore. Um, okay, 
So uh, Amber, he's like fighting uh, Fireball. Amber takes off. Uh, she goes into this weird like room and happens to come across all the contestants. They say won the game. There, it's like they're dead bodies and they're all like sitting in this random room that she uh, happens to come upon. So Fireball, it was like a locker room, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was like, like a, a locker, locker room. room. Yeah. So uh, Fireball. <laughs> More one-liners. Fireball catches up to her, and you think that he's about to roast her. Arnold grabs his like, uh, uh, like fireball pack and like rips out the thing, so he's covered in like the lighter fluid. And he says, "How about a light?" <laughs> and then he throws like the the uh, um, thingamabob. Why can't I think of what lighter? it is? Flare. Oh, he has flare. It's oh, like flare. a flare. Yeah. Thank you. He throws the flare, and he blows up. And then, like, I feel like this movie overdoes it because it's like he had the how but a light one, and then he's like, "Oh, what the hot head!" <laughs> yeah, that one was terrible. So here, this this scene actually is one of the things that bothered me that didn't make sense in the movie because the whole crowd sees that Fireball has Amber trapped, and he's about to kill her, and then you know Ben Richards comes in and blows up Fireball. But yeah. no one sees the dead bodies of the <laughs> other three people that are in the room that were supposedly the winners. And she clearly picks up and reads the name off of the dog tags out loud. So it's not like she just recognizes them. It's like, hey, this is so-and-so. Who won last year? That's, that's These are true. supposed to be the winners. And then Fireball goes, no, they're the losers. <laughs> All of that's on camera. And no one's like, hey, maybe we shouldn't broadcast that. <laughs> That is a good point. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, it's like, and it is weird because it's like, you don't, sometimes they show you the camera. So it's like explicit that it's being filmed. But sometimes it's like, how are they getting all this footage? Because like, yeah, it, it, it yeah, I mean, okay. So uh, Arnold and Amber, they meet up with the People's Network, which is kind of like uh, the resistance, you know, trying to shut down this big corporation. Um they call in what? What is uh, Jesse Ventura's character's name? Captain, Captain Freedom. Captain Freedom. Captain Freedom. So they're like Captain Freedom. You're going in, uh, but they they basically doctor up this footage of him killing. I love it. How he's like, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to go in and fight him. So they're like, oh, we'll just doctor the footage. Yeah. So no, they. But when, basically- but when Captain Freedom comes in to tell him that he won't go in. He's definitely dressed like G.I. Joe Super Trooper. Yes. Like. Oh, totally. That's exactly what I thought. I half expected him to be coming and carrying that that giant silver chrome <laughs> Big shield. silver shield. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So they, they doctor up this footage where it looks like he kills Amber and Arnold, but it's really they, like, matted their faces over how they found someone the exact size of Arnold and all the stuff. Like, that remains to be seen. Okay. But anyways, uh, and that's when, like, they give them the code to jam the satellites that's where you get another classic line that I always remember from this, which, which Arnold says is, you don't need guns to jam a satellite. <laughs> but they, they apparently need guns to go and like, once they jam the satellite, they need to take over the studio so they don't take it mm-hmm. back. Um, <laughs> so then there's a, the funny thing where they're like, well, I'm going to give a speech. And she's like, no, you should show this tape. And she pulls out the real Bakersfield tape. And they're like, he's like, where were you hiding that? And she like, doesn't really say it. It's like, gross. Yeah, it was clearly in her vagina pocket. (laughs) 
right? Um, and also, like, why they've set her up as like a useless character, but somehow they give her a gun and she goes to storm the studio. Yeah. With and, and not just like any gun; they give her an Uzi. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> you've never shot a gun before, but here's a semi-automatic weapon. Oh Go no, no, full, Uzis are fully, fully automatic, automatic, my friend. <laughs> I'm so confused as to why they they were like, yeah, you stay here in the in the base. They're like, no, here's a newsy, go storm the studio. Um, and I also like, so it's like, okay, this show goes on forever, but then they cut to it and there's another long dance scene. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. And the, but this is the post show apparently. Like, like this is like not only is it a three hour show, but there's like an hour long post show. Okay, it's like a telethon too. Right? Yeah, like kind of like they, because it's like, yeah, your uh, your donation is tax deductible or whatever. <laughs> so like, people are true. calling in to pledge money or whatever. And also, when they're when they when Richard Dawson's working the crowd, he keeps giving out the home version of the Running Man. Uh-huh. I don't yeah. like. I don't know how you would play that game. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I kind of wondered that myself. Like, how would that work? Like, I guess there's like a board, and maybe you move, and a couple people play as stalkers. <laughs> I don't know. I, that, um, there's some it. bugs that you have to try and kill. That, that's the Kickstarter we're starting after this podcast. Yeah. So it's the, the Running okay. Man board game. Okay. So the rebels take over the broadcast because Amber remembers the code that Weiss found. I, like I feel bad asking this, but when did they 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 when did they have time to cut together? Like it's like this perfectly thing of like footage from the actual show juxtaposed with like what actually it's like there was no way they had time to put this together it's like it's the future you don't know okay so uh the the zappa the zappa guy he busts into the control room tells them to not touch that dial uh dynamo shows back up this is when he turns into a major creep giant tidy whiteys oh yeah Yeah. that's so gross like the tidy whiteys might have been the grossest part he gets, of course, electrocuted to death because, of course, because water comes down on him, right? Yes, like, he's, he's, Our, one of, he's, he's one of their like most highly decorated stalkers that kills people, <laughs> and if he gets wet, he dies. Yeah, yeah, like literally the the uh, uh, fire extinguisher things, the 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 sprinkler system. Thank you. Yep, I'm like having a brain you. fart. I got you. They go they go off and he, and he dies. Um, Arnold busts into the studio. He sees Richard Dawson and he says. Hello, cutie pie. <laughs> Which I, I, I don't know. So, like, they kill a bunch of the guards. Um, okay, maybe this is like an in joke, and maybe you can help me out with this. So, Richard Dawson, he's gonna he puts him in the thing to send him into the car. Sven shows up, his bodyguard, and like he's like, ah, help me out. And Sven's like, ah, I gotta go score some steroids and leaves. Like, I was so confused. Is that oh, supposed to be like because he he mentioned. So in the in one of the earlier scenes, uh, Sven was supposed to go. I think he was supposed to throw Arnold out of the studio or something. And he, he and Richard Dawson made an offhand comment about Sven taking steroids. Oh, okay. I was I was confused. Um, uh, he like Richard Dawson's pleading with Arnold to save him and do all the stuff. That's where Arnold says like, "Oh, I don't do requests." Uh, <laughs> and also, like, so he good. sends him. I was, was Arnold here right now? So he, 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 sen- he sends him into that thing that they send contestants in. But, like, so am I to believe it solely because there's not the net to catch them at the bottom of it? That's why, because he flies out of control, shoots out of the end of it, 
and like crashes into his own billboard and explodes. Yeah, I had a question like that made me question things too because even like when Amber came in, I don't think there was necessarily a net there. I remember her pod like crashing around and sparks flying everywhere before she got out, right? Um, so but for his, it just like, yeah, you sometimes the <laughs> contestant just crashes into a wall and dies. There's no actual <laughs> once in a while. This is gonna be yeah. the shortest the shortest episode of the running man. Ever. <laughs> do you do you remember the five we're we're given one last one liner for from Arnold. Do you remember what he says about uh Richard Dawson? No, I don't. That hit the spot. <laughs> so uh, the oh. movie ends. My last note is because Amber shows up. He runs up to her and they kiss. And I said, well, I guess him and Amber are in love now. They didn't really <laughs> establish that very well, but they're a couple now. Uh, movie's over. And then we get that great song that we already played for you. And, and that's it. And like with that song hit, it's like, wow, this does not fit the end of this movie. Like it is so weird. And you've heard it by now, but it's like at the end of this movie, it's shocking, I would say, for this song to play. Oh, yeah. Then, no, the, it's then crazy. after the credits, did you guys watch till the end of the credits, too? No. Because no. at the end of the credits, the voiceover guy from The Running Man thanks you for watching this edition of The Running Man <laughs> as if it was like the actual show you just watched. That's, oh, my God. That's so funny. I had no, I had no idea. I'm going to I'm gonna have to put it in my sweet uh, DVD copy that I own and uh, I didn't watch it now. Uh, I, I had to rent it. I will say I was annoyed because I think when we talked about doing it, it was free on Prime. Yes. And then we switched to the next month and it was no longer free on Prime. And I was right. like, like three bucks or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, which I don't mind. I never mind renting stuff, but it was like sometimes, like my rules, if it's like two or three dollars more, I'll buy it just because yeah. whatever. But I feel like they were like, yeah, it's like you can rent it for four bucks or buy it for like 15. And I'm like, nope. No, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. So. I, I did my normal bootleg and, and scammed a copy of it like I normally do. Of course awesome. you did. Yeah. Um, so uh, I did find, uh, you know, just some of the random thing I found about this. They said that uh, this, and it makes sense. They said this movie kind of ex- inspired uh, American Gladiators, yep. which yeah. came out in like 1989. It also says uh, the plot and setting of the arcade game Smash TV, which yep. came out in 1990. So, uh, so which makes a lot of sense. Uh, um, and then as recently as February, a remake was announced. <laughs> Did you hear about that? No. Yeah. So uh, Paramount Pictures worked out a deal to adapt the novel that would be more faithful to the actual plot itself. And um, Edgar Wright is attached to it now. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. Um, uh, LBJ, you might have incorrectly guessed this in a previous episode. Do you, do you remember what the body count is for this movie? Oh, was it 41? <laughs> It is. Yeah. It is 41 people. Yeah, that's correct. You know, when we do two movies in one night, which is also every time we record, uh, I have a tendency to mix things up (laughs) in my research because I don't really write anything down. Fair enough. Um, I don't know uh, if anyone. Oh, you know what I found was interesting? And this is crazy to me because you forget like how old like Arnold Schwarzenegger is now. Yeah. Because did you see how old he was when he made this movie? Was it 39? 39. So he's wow. basically our age in 1987 when he made this movie. So that that's wild to me because I would have guessed younger than 39. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think I kind of covered everything that I had. Um, I don't know if there was any uh, 
role reversals or anything you saw for this. Yeah, I had one weird role reversal. So I two actually. I'm sorry. Uh. So Don John, so role reversals, the way that work is uh, I give the name of an actor uh, who either turned down the role or was offered the role but didn't take it or interviewed for the role, uh, and then we discuss whether or not they'd be better or worse in the film. So in the role of Ben Richards, uh, at one time attached to this was Don Johnson. <laughs> but he opted out to continue filming uh, uh, Miami Vice. Yeah, I think that would have been weird. That would have been, yeah, that, I would not have liked that. However, not as weird as the original name attached to this, Christopher Reeve. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh-huh. Yeah, Superman himself. So if Don Johnson, if Don Johnson had done this movie, would Heartbeat, you know, his his hit single, would that have actually been the, the closing credits song? Yes, oh, definitely. 100%. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, I think we kind of, we hit it pretty well. I think I kind of covered everything that I had. I don't know if anyone had anything else or if we're ready to rate this. Let's rate I would it. just like to say that, oh, yeah. uh, that, that Walworth is probably one of the best villains just because you watch him and you're like, this guy is pure scum. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's so convincing. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. All right. Let's rate it. There we go. Okay. Uh, James, you get to either go first and rate it or have one of us go first. It's up to you. I'll go first. Oh, we do a five machine gun scale and you can do half machine guns. Cool. I actually enjoyed this movie for all of its faults and there's plenty. If you take it, <laughs> if you take it at face value, it was an entertaining watch. It's the the other thing it reminded me of is the fact that back in the 1980s, action movies could be like an hour and a half long. They didn't necessarily have to be two and a half hours long. So even even though the plot didn't necessarily suck you in, it's not like you felt like you were wasting time waiting for something to happen, right? Um, One liners were corny, but good action. Lots of you know, WWE characters and things of that nature in it. <laughs> I'd give it three machine guns. Um, I'll go next. I, I, I think you're kind of, you're kind of uh, spot on with your assessment. This is a fun movie. Uh, I, I definitely, I mean, it's an Arnold movie that I enjoy and I like watching it. I think what I always forget about this movie is like you said, it's about an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes. It takes a lot longer than you think for him to get into the actual running man game show. Like it's almost halfway through the movie before it starts. And then there's like 15 minutes at the end when he's storming the studio. So the actual game show part of it, which is what I think everybody remembers, it's just part of it. And, and you know, the rest of it is kind of more just typical Arnold fair, which works fine. I think the one liners are a little too much in this. Like, I think they went a little overboard but overall, it's a lot of fun, and, and, and the stuff that you remember, you're always going to remember. So I'm going to give it uh, three machine guns as well. Uh, this movie is so dumb. I love it. It's just the <laughs> stupidest movie. Like, everything about this is so dumb, but in the best possible way. And it is classic Schwarzenegger. And I was watching this, and I was thinking to myself, man, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Like, there's something about them for as stupid as they are. They are the 
best. <laughs> and I will watch this movie straight through at least two or three times a year because I love it. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it four machine guns because wow, because it's just a uh, sure yes. I am inflating it more than it should be, but. It's just so stupid. I love it. It's four machines for me. I think that's a little extreme because from just from like my time in this podcast, and I wouldn't have guessed it beforehand, but I I think Commando is a much superior movie. Oh to this. no, like, Commando's the like better movie. Put, like if you put them up, I'd be like, I'd watch Commando any day over The Running Man. I think Commando's the I, better movie. There's no question about it. But there's some <laughs> some stupid charm that this film has that I love. And that's why it's four for me. Like I said, it's irrational. There's no yeah. reason I should be rating this four. No, I mean, listen, but we, I under, we understand that, like, there yeah, obviously, like, personal feelings factor into a lot of these oh, yeah. ratings. So that's what this I, is. This is pure, pure, <laughs> pure per, there's, emotion. Pure. There's no objectivity to this whatsoever. This is pure subjectivity. This is my that's, subjective hey, that's, four machine gun rating for the running man. That's fair. That's fair. But uh, I mean, overall, I would say if it's. It, it, if it's one you haven't seen, I would definitely check it out. It's like you said, it's not long. It moves briskly. And it's like, if you're a fan of Arnold movies and you somehow haven't seen this one, check it out. Cause it, it, it is a lot of fun despite all its faults. <laughs> totally. Um, all right. Well, let's do the business. Um, we are the Last Action Podcast. We come to you every Monday on the GameZilla Media Network. And we got plenty of shows for you as well. We've got the GameZilla Show on Tuesdays. We've got Noobs and Dragons starring myself and Sphinx and Matrick and uh, Craig WK, our Dungeon Master, on Wednesdays. We've got Legend of Retro, which is our retro gaming podcast on Thursdays. And all kinds of streamers, all kinds of uh, live things you can see. Um <laughs> You know, yeah. <laughs> shit. I don't know. I do this podcast. You have like an about, eight minute dance, like choreographed dance sequence. Sometimes show. I don't know what happens behind the scenes. But I know what happens on my show and the shows I'm involved with. The other stuff, fuck, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. We Fair got enough. stuck. Go to You want to know what we do? Go to gamesillamedia.com. It'll it'll let you know. Uh, we've also got a link to our Discord down there. So if you click on our Discord link, you can join us there. You can chat with us. You can chat with all of the people on GameZilla. And um, we're constantly on there. That's kind of our primary communication tool. Uh, We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, Check us out there as well. And, of course, please hit up our Patreon. For a buck, you get an extra show called the uh, State of the Zilla. Uh, And for five bucks, you get an extra show from every single one of the podcasts on the network, including our show, which is the post credit scene. Uh, which we are going to be recording shortly, uh, featuring Dave, and I'll give you a little preview for uh, for it. It's uh, about under-the-radar action movies. So uh, get ready to check that out sometime this month. Um, James, do you got anything you want to plug? No, not really. Thanks no. for having me. A favorite charity? Uh, a, <laughs> yes. Your favorite Girl Scout cookie? <laughs> oh, tag-alongs. Tag-alongs. <laughs> <laughs> I go with Samoas, but tagalongs are a close second. You know what? So. Let me ask you a question about Samoas. We're gonna we're gonna delve into Samoas for a second here. <laughs> oh boy! Did Samoas always have the crispy cookie on the inside, or was it just caramel and coconut and chocolate at one point? I think it always had the cookie on the inside. For whatever I, reason, I never remember the cookie being there. I feel like I agree with James on this, but I am not qualified at all to answer this question. 
I just remember that I always like them. So because I, well, that brings up a different question because when I remember eating Samoas in the past, they were always soft. Like there's no crunch to them, which leads me to believe that they were probably really stale when I was eating them. I think that's the problem. I think that's also, admit it. I just want to, I didn't, like, just to end, and this could be controversial, I think Thin Mints are a little overrated. People love Thin Mints. They're fine. I don't dislike a Thin Mint, but I don't think they're anything special. I just want to put thin that Thin Mints out. in the freezer, though. Yeah. Like, you got to keep your Thin Mints in the freezer, and then that's the game changer. Because, like, okay. a semi-melted minty cookie, not that great. A frozen minty cookie, right on. See, you you're go. not wrong. I will say this, though. Recent Thin Mint cookies have left a really weird aftertaste in my mouth. Fair enough. I don't know why. I had a poor a change, change in the mint recipe, change in the chocolate. I don't know. Well, I, can't wait to, to, I can't wait till our spinoff podcast where we just talk about Girl Scout cookies. Like, yep. how have you guys had 50 episodes? There's not even that many Girl Scout cookies. We're really passionate. And we spun off into Dunkaroos. <laughs> <laughs> Dunkaroos? Don't even get me started on that. Oh. It's a whole cookie podcast. But, um, well, thank you, James, obviously, for being on. This is a lot of fun. And I'm glad we got, you know, this movie. Because like uh, LBJ said, we talked about doing it for a while. So it was great to kind of get it out there and talk about it. So uh, thanks again for being on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. Uh, all right. Well, that said, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back.